Three, two, one. The Lock Draft Podcast is brought to you by Fresh Apparel Printing. Do you have a band and want to sell merch at your next gig? Fresh Apparel has graphic artists on staff that can make your logo into a t-shirt within minutes. Have a business and need company apparel for your employees? Fresh Apparel can embroider hats and shirts with detailed patterns and bring your logo to life with literal pinpoint precision. Listeners of the show will receive 10% off any custom t-shirt or embroidery order if you use the promo code DRAFT. Promo code DRAFT. Fulfill all your custom clothing needs at FreshApparelPrinting.com today. And guys, what it, you use the promo code what? DRAFT. Yeah. That's my guys. Let's do a damn show. On, on cue. That's Tom Jones. My poor staff can't hear me. Hey, hey, hey. Dougie Ferguson. John Puglisi. Nationwide West. Black Draft Podcast. All up in your face. After my uh, intervention on Potty Mouth last week. I was about to say your mother bleeping face, but uh, I was admonished. There was an internal audit among lock draft. And they said, Doug, you got to clean up your potty mouth. The kids are watching. What's up, guys? What's my up? Man, my man, Dougie, Dougie. Yeah. We're just trying to access the kids. That's all. No, you know what? I realized um, I, I got parenting tips to start the show. So, wow. so my, my, my son is four years old and I realized that I have the best kid. I'm at like, Wes, you know, the, you know, the music I listen to when I roll around, I've never had a single complaint about my son knows bad words. I taught him bad words. So parenting tip, instead of kind of saying, uh, let's not say that around the kid, teach him it's a bad word. And then, like, my son, he walks around saying, Mother darn it. And, uh, like, I'm even I, I'm even working on some new high, higher class things. Like, uh, I don't even know, you know. Like, but, yeah. We listen to straight gangster rap, and he never says a cuss word in his life. So I don't really have to worry about cussing. But I'll try to use darn it like him while I'm on the show, if the kids are listening. So... Anyways, what what's up? How do you like basketball? Clay Thompson dropped fifty two like thirty miles from me the other day. The casual fifty two points. Yeah, yeah, casual casual. fifty two. On like single digit casual. dribbles. Yeah. Well, you know, uh on single is that really true on single digit dribbles? Yeah, I think it was like literally seven dribbles or something like that. Oh my god. Is that uh, because when he when he had that quarter too, it was only like five dribbles or something like that. Six John, dribbles. Is that, is that like your wet dream? Like the ball never touching the floor like the Warriors <laughs> play? Yeah, I mean it's certainly <laughs> fun to watch. It yeah. also says a lot about the Bulls' defensive effort. Wet dream was over the top, but you know, like as a coach, it's something you like to see. Let me tame it down a little bit. Anytime you can score without having to do a 25-dribble combo against uh, punching bags or whatever trainers use these days, uh, it's a great thing. So 
Um, well, super efficient. Yeah, I mean it's it's a proven fact that when you move the ball with passes, it's it's impossible to stop. As when you move the ball with a dribble, it's you know you could be better at dribbling than people, but nothing moves faster than the ball is what coaches like to say, right? Mm-hmm. The pass does move faster than the dribble. That is a fact. That is a fact. It's been it's been marked. It's been proven. Stone. Set in stone. So, um, John caught me off guard last week, so I'm going to rat-tat-tat. And he asked me who my favorite players were from Indiana, but I said, I, I gave Larry Bird and Oscar Robertson, who are obviously the two best, but I'm regionalizing it to the region. People who are from my area are known as region rats. We're from the Gary, Maryville, uh, East Chicago, Indiana if you're from New York, you can kind of compare it to being Jersey to like New York City, where we're at. It's still not a very nice place to be, uh, you know. Did you but, just compare Northwest Indiana to the five boroughs? No, I so. I, no, I compl- I compared it to Jersey. Oh, like, like well, yeah. the South, like Wild Hundreds is like Brooklyn in Chicago. But anyways, like we're we're like Jersey, like. You know, it's Trenton, or is it Trenton? Newark. Newark's a shithole. You know, Lodi, shithole. Uh, you know, Gary, shithole. Gary, shithole. Hammond, shithole. East Chicago, shithole. But here's some diamonds that came out of such shitholes as Gary and East Chicago. Top 10 players from the region Lake and Porter County, Indiana. Porter County shouldn't count, but we got a lot of legends from there. Anything that the NWI Times covers. Number 10. Uh, we had to leave some guys off. It's a combo of Ricky Wright and Bobby Smith from Villanova, Villanova circa early or mid-90s. Um, John, you familiar with him? Powerful. Yeah, I remember Ricky Wright. I don't remember yeah. Bobby Smith. Yeah, Bobby Smith was a point guard. Ricky Wright was a big man. They kind of put East Chicago Central on the map. Yeah, and they played for those pretty damn good Steve Lapis teams back in the day, but it was a real big thing to have Philly come out. Number nine, uh, where's number, oh, Spike Albrecht, Crown Point High School, uh, MVP of the Final Four, right? Yeah, with Michigan. Oh, no, he would have been the MVP of the Final yeah. Four if uh, another white guy didn't take it away, Luke Hancock. Yeah, that's what it was, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. And then he transferred to what? He finished his career at Purdue? Yeah, he transferred to Purdue, and that's where it went downhill for him. Um, number eight, Mitch McGarry, Chesterton High School. Also went and prepped out in the Northwest. Uh, NBA Did he player. Go, like Northfield, Mount Hermon or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he played three years at Chesterton, and he always had a broken leg then, too. Um Seven, Luke Herringote, Andrean High School, one of my alma maters that will be represented consecutively here. Uh, Luke Herringote, I believe the all nationwide get on this. Luke Herringote, where does he rank in Big, Big East scoring history? I know he was he broke the record. I don't know if it's since been broke, but Big Luke, Big, Big Luke, whose brother was also an awesome tight end. Luke would have made an awesome tight end anyway. Number six, Glenn Robinson the third, or GR3, whatever. He lives in Briar Ridge down the street in Dyer from my real alma mater, Lake Central High School. He's the only 
Indian. Hail to the Indians on the list because our basketball program sucks. I tried to <coughs> tried to get my man Nate Ritchie in there. Didn't quite work out. Uh, I had too many guys. Number five, Brandon Dawson, Gary Roosevelt. Uh, most recent All-American, McDonald's All-American from the region. Uh, just like, uh, like when I saw him in person for the first time, that's one of those guys that you say is like, man, that's a, that's a big, big dude. Yeah, injuries injuries <laughs> yeah. derailed his career a little bit, but he still had a really strong career at Michigan State. Yeah, he's yeah, I mean he's just a like he'll rip a rim off real quick. Uh number four, Etwan Moore. Uh you know, my feelings have been made known about Etwan Moore. He brought East Chicago back from the Ricky Wright Bobby Smith days. There was a time in between there where they had like a murderer playing point guard. Uh, nice. Yeah, uh, but Etwan and Kawan Short and Angel Garcia brought respect back. Number three, Bryce Drew. Not only did he make that one of the most memorable shots in in NCAA tournament history at Valpo, he also made one of the most memorable shots, a half-court shot, even way better, like, degree of difficulty in the high school, like, semifinals or... Semi-state or something, something crazy. It's some kind of crazy Bryce Drew story where he hit another bomb to win a game. Uh, yeah. Number two, Dan Dockich, Andrean High School. Only person ever to shut down Michael Jordan. Can't argue with that. Um, he's the oldest on the list. Uh, and number one, the big dog, Glenn Robinson, Gary Roosevelt. Uh, was the last person... He was the only person since 1993 till I think Etwan Moore won in 2008 was like the time between teams from the from the region winning a state title. Glenn Robinson beat Allen Henderson in Brebuff. It was like the first high school game I watched on TV. So the big dog, Roof Roof, one of the all-time bucket getters in the Big Ten. You know, so we got all-time bucket getters in the Big East, Big Ten. Jerry Palm, straight out of Cherville, busting brackets. So, anyways, we had a trial. It ended. In the criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the police who investigate crime and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. There you go. You got the law and order. Bump, bump. All right. So, um... They're guilty. Uh, does this really mean anything? Uh, does it have long-term implications? Uh, Rick Rick Patino came out today, right, fresh off some guilty verdicts, and and uh, said he wants to coach again, which I think is great for anybody who gets coached by him. Uh, I don't know, John. You got some thoughts on it? What? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think uh, you know it's. Obviously intriguing, I think, for those assistants who have trials coming up in April or whenever they're going to start. Um, now that those yeah. these uh, three or four guys were found guilty, it gives them less leverage to deal. Um, I think that's reality for them. Um, I think it also puts you know schools on notice a little bit, although they were probably already on high alert. Um, 
I don't think anything's going to happen until, from an NCAA standpoint, really, until um, those trials are over. Yeah. But like from a program standpoint, you could see some, like, you know, you saw Kansas um, suspend D'Souza. You could see some stuff like that happen. Maybe a couple coaches, um, you know, slowly make their way uh, out of this spotlight and um, resign or step away or, you know, whatever. But I don't think you're going to see much happen from like a program standpoint with the NCAA until those assistants um, either turn over or they have those um, trials here in April. And it very well could be a thing where those guys turn over and start leaking the goods because that's really going to be their only way out of it. They're going to have to give up a lot of stuff to, to get deals. So I'm I'll if you want me to answer this question first, and then we'll kind of move on from this because the verdicts really meant nothing to me. Like I f- pretty much figured they'd be guilty. Um, uh, if you can see a coach losing his job over this first, who do you think it would be? Because I have a I have some logic behind this that I'm going to drop, but I want to see if you follow the same one. Lo- same logic or maybe you have some a different idea i don't know that any i i if someone was going to lose their job just with the amount that's been talked about about the program to me it would be sean miller right. um that's my i i too. just i i don't know i don't know that any head coaches are going to be like seriously implicated in this unless those assistants come right. out and give up the absolute goods on it. And I'm not sure that happens. Um, so yeah, I I mean, I don't really think any, uh, as of, as of now, I don't think anyone's going to be going to be hung out to dry on the, on the head coaching side of things. But if it was to be someone, I could see it being Arizona just because of the amount of press that that's gotten. Right. Like, and I, and what you said with book Richardson's trial and all that, like book, you know he's he, he he's a good coach I, I wouldn't consider him a snitch or whatever but like now that these trials come down it's guilty they were hoping to maybe go ahead and prove that kind of same case that the, that this that these guys were trying to prove and they kind of maybe see that it's not in the cards and book you know whatever he, he I'm, you could call the guy but they're they're basketball coaches these aren't hardened criminals you know, that, so like they're, when you tell them that they might have to do 20 years, they have families and whatnot, you know, they might just, you know, that they could give up the good. Like Sean knew everything, you know, whatever, you know, but that, that's just a hypothetical. But, you know, like you could say, oh, well, they're never going to tell on them. And maybe that maybe there is something in place with a golden parachute or something, too. You know, I I. A lot was made that Andre McGee's been well taken care of, as well as some other people under Rick Pitino, uh, for his golden silence, pretty much. Uh, and you know, like I don't know, I I really don't know Book. Uh, I haven't had much interaction with Book. Uh, I when I was dealing with the Arizona program, it was really early. Um, and I was kind of dealing. I, I actually dealt with Josh Pastner a little bit more. Like that's how early I was in with like talking to the people from Arizona, but you know, um, book was just never a guy I got to talk to that much. So yeah, I, I think Arizona and yeah, with the whole, 
kind of Aiton is at the middle of this. I don't think the and a lot of th- a lot can be said about Aiton being free and clear now. You know, Silvio D'Souza has you know a possibility of his NBA career on the line, kind of the way Brian Bowen does. You know, so that could be another. Thing. I, I don't. I think there's a good chance that D'Souza probably doesn't play this year. Yeah. Um, He's going to get Brian Bowen. That, that, I think that's a reality. Yeah. I, I think eventually Brian Bowen's going to play in the NBA. I, I, I don't. Do I, the NBA is not going to keep an NBA talent out of the NBA for this. Right. It, that's not. That's not real. So yeah. I think Brian Bowen's going to play in the NBA. I think he needed a year away. Yeah. Um, I think D'Souza. I don't know if D'Souza's. I mean. I know he's talented. I don't know if D'Souza is a real good pro, you know, like, but if he's good enough, he'll play. I just, right. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he never sees the court again. I think that's just a reality. Yeah. I, like I Yeah. I was, I mean, I was saying that about Bowen last week. I'm, I'm kind of tired of them poo-pooing Brian Bowen as a player. Like he, like he never had like, Oh, he's just a run of the mill starter. I think he's a little bit more than a run of the mill starter in major college basketball 20 number 20 recruit is a uh well like a good good like not even above average starter that's a good starter uh, if if he comes so you know and he has a unique talent like like his his talents kind of go in the nba so yeah Wes, you got luke herringody what is he in the big east what? Third all time, third all time uh, in Big East history. Uh, who who jumped ahead of him? Um, let me see here. Troy Bell and Terry Deheer. Is that how you pronounce his oh, last wow. name? Wow, so it was Terry Deheer. Yeah. 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 yeah, another Final Four team. I like Terry Deheer. I love that Seton Hall team. That was that was kind of the first Final Four I ever watched. Like really into it. I thought like everybody. I thought. I thought Andrew Gaze was going to the NBA. I thought Ramil Robinson was going to be like the next, like whatever, great point guard, you know, next Isaiah Thomas or something. Only turn, only one that turned out was Glenn Rice can knock it down from anywhere. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So we're going to try a little something new today. It's a little way to kind of judge whether, I don't know if judge is the right word, but maybe, uh, kind of evaluate mid-major players really because they kind of play in what we like to call BFE um and I was talking with some people and we decided to uh you know so we had a little intro finding the right players it always involves a lot of crappy travel crappy travel crappy travel all that stuff some red-eye flights shady meth lab hotels 90% 90% of the time you get home and you're disappointed, but when you get that one right guy, it makes it all worth it, right, John? Get that one guy. Generally speaking. Generally speaking, it makes it all worth it. So ending up in a townie bar can be avoided. Um, just heed John and Dougie's advice, whether to book a connecting flight and or take a road trip or just stay the hell home. And then we're doing a big man edition. So, we asked first person on the board, Nathan Knight, big, from William and Mary. That is in Williamsburg, Virginia, by the way. John, do you take a connecting flight and or road trip to go see Nathan Knight? Or do you stay at home in the comfort of your own bed? 
Nathan Knight's an interesting one because he kind of popped on our radar at the start of last college basketball season. We started talking about him um, a little bit amongst ourselves. And, um, you know, he didn't really come on heavy on the scene until really the end of his freshman year um, and then put together a really solid sophomore year um, last year. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sold on Nathan Knight. I like him. Um, I think he has a potential to potentially be like a second round pick down the road. Um, but I'm going to hold off taking any trips to see Nathan Knight for another year or so. Um, I want to see him in that William and Mary schedule against some bigger schools early in the year, do more than grab two or three rebounds against high major bigs. Um, I don't think he rebounds the ball well enough against guys who are as athletically and physically talented as he is. Um, and although, uh, I don't worry as much with any of these about like their field goal percentage or things like that. Generally speaking, a a defense is going to try and shut down the go-to player of this team when they play against high major schools. So mm-hmm. from my end, I don't quite worry about that. I do worry about some of those transferable skills, the rebounding yeah. number, um, you know, rim protection stuff, things like that. And so I'm waiting on him, but I do think he's a guy maybe a year from now that I'm going to, I'm going to take a trip to watch. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to go and see him this year. Last year, I probably wouldn't have went to Williamsburg, Virginia. They had a lot of stuff going on over there. I didn't want to go. Uh, that that wasn't Mer- Williamsburg. That was Charlottesville. But kind of like Mardi Gras goes to Shreveport, I bet the Confederate flag rallies went to Williamsburg a little bit. So I, that's, I don't want to be by the drama. So I wouldn't have went anywhere in Virginia last year. But this year, I'll go see Nathan Knight. Um, I think... When you get a guy that size, he moves pretty well and fluidly. Um, I think the rebounding will come. I think people are going to pound into his head that he needs to rebound the ball dominantly. So I'd like to go get a look at him early, actually, if I was going. I would probably uh, I'd probably take a connecting flight to, to like, D.C. And, and go down, rent a car or something. And uh, go see Nathan Knight and see if he can step up the rebounding, like you said. All right. Next up, Luden Love, big from Wright State. He played a game in the NCAA tournament last year as they stole a bid from who they steal a bid from in the in the horizon. They beat Cleveland State in the finals. Yeah, but that's not uh, the bid they stole it from. Damn it. Uh, anyways, I'll, let's look that up. Who, who who won last year's Horizon League title? Anyways, Luden Love kind of reminds me of Jackie Moon. Uh, <laughs> John, do you take a road trip or connecting flight to Fairborn, Ohio to see Luden Love? No, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm 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 gonna wait a couple years. He's still all of 290, 295. Yeah. Um, he doesn't move great. He doesn't have any perimeter skills yet. He obviously doesn't rebound out of his area. He rebounds in his uh, sphere that surrounds him. He does have long arms, so no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm waiting on that for sure. Yeah, he can wait. I mean, if if I can catch him in another Horizon League game somewhere closer to me, like Valpo, 
then I might catch him, but I'm not going out to Wright State. Um, and, and also, yeah, like he's a sophomore. You could wait. It's not like he's going, you know, not like he's leaving now. If, if so, yeah, that's Luden Love was thrown in there. And we both agree on the same thing. Next up, James Thompson the fourth. It's coming straight out of Ypsilanti. Well, I know how much you love James Thompson. You've been talking about him since <coughs> last year. Yeah, um, I do love James Thompson. James Thompson, to me, I mean, obviously, athletically, he's special. Um, I don't know really what, where, how, you know, um, how he transitions to the NBA. I, I'm or to the next level. I'm interested in seeing that. Um, you know, but I, but I do like him. I, I think he does some things at his size and his athletic ability. Like his basketball, best basketball is in front of him. Yeah. Eastern Michigan does not put him in a position to play with other really high level players. Um, the thing I really like about James Thompson is he defends without fouling. He played like if you look at his numbers that he played last year, his minutes per game. I don't know what it ended up being in terms of average but you know he's playing he played had three straight games in january when he played 39 minutes you know like this dude he plays without falling he rebounds um anywhere that the ball goes um and you know i think he's got bunning skills like his skills are definitely in a position where they've improved a lot he just doesn't play with anybody, so I'm. Right. It's tough. It's tough for for me to evaluate too much on him. I was I was looking though. There, I mean, they're favored, and I, what I want to see is him dominate the MAC. Uh, uh, you know, he's been dominating it. He has a couple guys with him that are not just complete trash, like you said. He's not had a lot with him. A lot of these guys were young. They're kind of growing up into it. David Payne, a guy like from perspectives where uh uh where anthony davis went went to high school yeah plays for my man cortez over there uh you know just guys at um eichelberger is a shooter uh a big shooter um so um i think they have a better team this year a more experienced team obviously one thing i will say um agents if you have like some sort of uh, you know, purity clause where you're not allowed to take on guys that are that are um, quote unquote problem guys or whatever you want to call it character guys. I don't I don't I don't know anything about James Thompson. I'm not going to talk about his character, but your people will shut you down because he's had some he's had some trouble in his past. Um, doesn't mean that he can't play. Somebody will take him on as their agent. But, you know, if, if you're an agent and you're looking to as to whether you want to make a road trip or connect and or connecting flight, I got to make sure that's clear that it's both. Um, and you have so, some sort of policy against, you know, guys who are head cases or guys who are have character red flags. You're going to find a lot of them very quickly with James Thompson. Um, it's up to it's really up to James Thompson if he wants to clean that up because he has a lot of athletic ability and without that he would be a full-blown go get go look at him but um you know other than that like i said no hate james thompson if you're listening i don't i i ain't i ain't the judge i don't know i don't know what to 
you know, I'm just telling my peoples what my people need to know. Anyways, number four, Nick Mayo, Big Eastern Kentucky, right out of Richmond, Kentucky. Can I go first? I like yeah, Nick, go ahead. I like Nick Mayo, but it's going to be really hard to get me to go to Richmond, Kentucky. Um, I don't like rich, uh, like I don't like rural Kentucky. It gives me the heebie-jeebies because I watch too much. Uh, what's the show? Uh, Justified uh, with Tim Lee, Timothy Oliphant and the dude from. Uh, I can't believe I can't remember my favorite actor's name. Anyways, Eastern uh, Eastern Kentucky, especially kind of really gives me the hillbilly heebie-jeebies. But Nick Mail as a player. Um, he's a very skilled kind of, uh, sneaky kind of skilled guy. Um, it's a senior year that, uh, what you're going to see with a lot of these mid-major guys is really if they get drafted or they deserve to do, be drafted is two different things, but they're going to have to make a tournament run as seniors pretty much, unless you're Steph Curry, you know, like Steph, and even Steph Curry had to make a tournament run to I mean I mean he was the seventh pick we're not going to say Nick Mayo is going to be the seventh pick but you know um uh you know a lot of this is contingent like James Thompson you know if you're so dominant win the Mac you know if you're losing love win win the horizon like Keith Benson did and and make a couple tournaments and get in get in and get seen because I've always been quite frank that uh, that uh, scouts and GMs in the NBA are lazy. They don't want to go to Richmond, Kentucky. They want to go to at least Omaha where they can catch a connecting flight. See where I'm going with this segment, guys? Anyways, Nick Mayo, John. Yeah, I've been hiring Nick Mayo since last year. I, I'm i going to watch Nick Mayo um, for sure. I, I think uh, he's got – good enough bounce um he shoots you know three at like 43 percent or something like that from yeah. three in his career um he shoots over 80 percent from the foul line he's rebounded well although not great um he rebounds well um you know given his length and size mm-hmm. um and he can put it, the ball down on the ground a little bit so um i'm I've been really high on Nick Mayo for a while. I like him. Their yeah. team is awful. Um, yeah. Eastern Kentucky's really bad, yeah. um, and they're not going to be much better here this year, which is is too bad. Um, yeah. But he's he's stuck around for four years and um, has put together a really nice career. He's yeah. one of the better players to ever play at uh, Eastern Kentucky, in my opinion. Um, and I uh, I would go watch him if I was a scout because I think. He's got some real uniqueness to him yeah. at his length and his size that really translates well. He's when I look at him, I see like six nine, six ten, but he's only about six eight. So yeah. that's the one thing that may hold him back a little bit is he's yeah. probably more of like a three um, at the next level if he's yeah. going to play at the highest level. And I'm not sure he can be a three because I don't think he right. can guard it. So you know, th- but he's dude, super dude, confident he, shooting the ball. Like, he really shoots it. He's due for Maine, who's his yeah. length, his size, um, who every defense is trying to stop. So yeah. uh, dude gets his for, for sure, yeah. um, and I like him a lot. All right. Well, speaking of dudes that get theirs, Devontae Kaycock, big UNC Wilmington. So Wilmington really, I could probably catch uh, one 
maybe if I tried hard, I could get a flight into Wilmington, I bet. Wilmington, North Carolina, and Wilmington, Delaware, probably. But I'm going to see Devontae Kaycock no matter what. He's my favorite player on this list. He led the league in re- or he led the country in rebounding, excuse me, last year. Um, if you watched him, I was a very big fan of Kevin Keats last team at Wilmington, and I I really had them. It was one of those things where, like, I pick out like three or four teams before the season starts, and we're going to be doing this next week. We'll call this a tease, where we're going to pick uh, Cinderella's in November, um, but I had Wilmington that year with with Bryce and with their little point guard that they had uh I can't remember his name but uh he uh but Kaycock shined against Virginia it was like one of those things where I said I'm picking Wilmington no matter what and I picked him to beat Virginia even though I was like man I wish wish they weren't playing Virginia and they played a really good game and their shooters just didn't really make anything but they Kaycock kept him in the game with his offensive rebounding. He's undersized. I want to see him get measured out. But he seems to me like... um, He seems to me like somebody like a Reggie Evans who's just going to come in and rebound the shit out of the ball, like, no matter what what place you're from. He's 6'7", but he's, like, 250. So, you know, whatever, you know. What do you what What do you got to say about Kaycock? Yeah, he actually reminds me um, of a kid that I coached at Wagner named Darrell Vincent, who's like in his tenth year of playing overseas now. Darrell was six 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 seven, two twenty, straight up and down, go get it everywhere. He was actually second in the country in rebounding, maybe third um, the year that Michael Beasley was a freshman, yeah. um, and and Darrell just went and got everything. Um, and had skill, was really good around the rim, could put the ball down a little bit and handle and do some things, but didn't step out and shoot threes, was a terrible free throw shooter, um, which was his, his downfall. Um, but he's now going on year. I, so I coached him, I think he graduated in 08. So he's going in on his what 10th year of playing overseas and he's made a lot of money. He's played at some really high levels. And so, um, anytime I can get a Wagner College D block Darrell Vincent reference in, I'll try. <laughs> uh, there, I think he was third in the country in rebounding in 2007, 2008, the year Beasley led it. Um, yeah. And just was phenomenal at going to get it. So th- that's where it reminds me. I mean, Kaycock's going back to back. I mean, 13 a game. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been somebody I liked. And if anything, he gets a. Um, he he gets a lifetime pass in the in overseas playing overseas because he undersized bigs built like a brick shit house that love to rebound and defend are are gold to European teams. They uh, you know um, I always say that Patrick Young or Joey Dorsey are the perfect perfect archetypes for for. Uh, for overseas big men, Patrick uh, Patrick Young of Florida, formerly of Florida, and Joey Dorsey, of course, formerly of the Memphis team that didn't make it to the Final Four because they don't have a banner. I watched Joey Dorsey play um, in the 
finals of the Spanish league three years ago when he was playing for Barcelona against Real Madrid. I watched, I was, I was in Barcelona. Uh, My wife and I were traveling and uh, (laughs) I saw on the team too. uh, It was Patrick Young. It wasn't Joey Dorsey. (laughs) Um, And I just happened. They have four of them. We happened to be in Barcelona. I said to my wife, I think the Spanish league championship is going on right now. And she was like, really? We should go to the game. I was like, yeah, we should. Got tickets right at, at half court, um, like 15 rows up. Best basketball experience of my life. That was, Doncic was, you know, and it, it, that was three years ago. So yeah, that was. Uh, that was like his first time around. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, they had Rudy Fernandez in that game. Yeah, and yeah. Carlos Arroyo. Uh, and, my man, uh, Sergio Lule. It, it, was, it was awesome. I love Sergio I heard you say Joey Dorsey reminded me, but it was actually actually Patrick Young. So my bad. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're on the same team. There's like five of them. Uh, I, I, my point I was making before is is that if you're undersized center, big or whatever guy that doesn't shoot, like a you're undersized big that's built like a brick shit house, you have ten years in in yeah, in my dude's international, international basketball. What's the dimensions on your boy D Black? Oh, um, he was probably six, seven on a good day, yeah. 220, 225. Yeah, yeah, but jacked, right? Oh, just, I, I mean, <laughs> like, then cell block D, man. He was just, yeah. he was doing prison workouts since he I was like see, 10. I could, like, I could just see, like, I could just see European his, scouts just like uh, going like, oh my God, give him to me now. Yeah, uh, he was he was unbelievable. I I was actually hopeful he he'd get some opportunities to play. That was like right at the beginning stages of like what the summer league actually was going to be, and um, you know he never really got a shot at at doing it. But he's made a lot of money over there, man. All right, so yeah, that's five guys. Maybe you want to. Maybe you'll take our advice. Maybe you won't. You'll be smart if you do. Um, because I think me and John pretty much agreed on everything, except I'm not going to Eastern Kentucky for anything. Uh, that's the only thing. I don't like Kentucky. I feel that. I I'm get a, it. It's an Indiana-Kentucky thing. No, it's an Indiana-Kentucky thing. I yeah. hate it. I hate it. I, I, the only place I like is Lexington. Uh, anyways, so we're going to continue our team player series now. Um, last week we did Kentucky. We got some good and bad backlash from I don't know whatever backlash from crazy people I was, in by the way I was wrong Eastern Kentucky uh, Michael Beasley 12.4 rebounds per game Jason Thompson who played in the NBA 12.1 rebounds per game John Brockman at Washington yeah. 11.6 and my my boy Darrell D block Vincent 11.5 yeah all three of those guys played in the NBA uh, right we lost we lost to Kansas State that year by like 45. Was that the Beasley Dennis Comeni and Jacob Pullen team? It was Pullen. No, it was Pullen. Um, it was uh, Bill Walker, Beasley. Oh, God. Those were three big. And then they had Jamar Samuels and a couple other guys off the bench. Man, it was Bill, Bill Walker. Absolutely. One of my... Just took us outside. Yeah. Did, oh, did, how many dunks did Bill Walker have? He's one of my, like, on the DL, like, favorite dunkers of all time. Like, if, if you ask me who is your favorite dunker, 
like like who's your favorite dunker that nobody really ever talks about as a great dunker bill walker would come up within like one or two guys we put a freshman in kid's name was cliff spiller cliff is now uh the sixers g league strength <laughs> conditioning coach oh. um, but we put cliff in as a freshman he was like six seven 210 pounds we put him in and i remember bill walker uh, Cliff went to box him out, and Bill Walker <laughs> took his his fist, yeah. and he just popped Cliff in the back of the head. And Cliff turned around. Cliff was from South Jersey, so like yeah. a tough kid. Yeah. Cliff turned around and looked at him, He's and then he looked at our guy. bench, and I kind of gave him the, nope, don't do it. Don't, and he was like, okay. yeah. yeah, probably good job. That's great coaching. Yeah, it was fantastic coaching. Best yes. best coaching job I did that day. I mean, yeah. we lost by like thirty six. I think we were down like thirty two to four or something yeah. to start the game. I mean, I, we were good. We won. We won twenty three games that year. We were really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where would you finish in the? I was fifteen and three in the NEC. We yeah. lost in the semis though. We choked. Yeah. Who'd you lose to? Did you lose to Northeastern? In lost Matt Janning. No, we lost to Sacred Heart. You know Matt Janning went to high school with Nationwide West, right? Yeah, my boy. Northeastern isn't in the NEC, oh, so yeah. we don't. Play them. Oh yeah, shit. All right, I messed that one up, but whatever. Right. That is still Nationwide West's boy, Matt Janning. I'm talking about low key dunkers. Matt Janning, one of the low key best shooters I've ever seen. Anyway, Good hit for Matt. Yeah, how are Matt Janning? Uh, anyways, Gonzaga. Rank the players, obviously. So, not obviously. Um, we all know John picked Rui Hachimura Player of the Year. And Gonzaga is your national champion, right? It is. So, this is near and dear to John's heart. Uh, so, we're going to try and get through these as fast as we can without rushing. We still got some time, so we're good. Um, so, number one, Rui Hachimura. Um I probably had a harder time. Like, I really have Rui. I'm, I'm working on my board right now, and Rui is, like, ninth, and Killian Tilly is, like, 12th. And so we had a we had a, uh, we had had a a mix-up. But Rui is my number one guy just because um, as I watch teams put up 150 every night, um, it doesn't seem like defense will really, you know – hinder what he's going to be able to do in the league, which is get buckets. So, you know, if he's not playing defense, he's just out there with the rest of the people not playing defense. So um, that's kind of my thing. I don't know how long that'll stand up. and But in his defense, I still think that makes for a dynamite. Like his floor is sixth man of the year to me. You know, like somebody who comes off the bench and just gets – buckets like he does at Gonzaga so far so and we'll see they got another person who we're about to mention next but um maybe to kind of cover up his deficiencies but I don't know slurp Brewy for a second yeah I'm uh, obviously a huge Hachimura fan I don't think anyone saw what he's really capable of he obviously played behind um not only Killian Tilly who you know they actually fit really nicely as being um, similar players, um, uh, but also he was playing behind Jonathan Williams. He was playing yeah. behind Silas Melson. Um, there wasn't a ton of minutes for him, and you yeah. know he still um, averaged twenty minutes and double figure scoring. And 
um, you know, almost five rebounds a game. So I'm a huge Hachimura fan. I think what you saw this summer from him, yeah. um, you know, I, I really think is what you're going to see here this year and, and into the next level. Like I just, I just think there's something about him that fits. I, right. I think, I think defensively he'll be better in the NBA than we think. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be, uh, a guy who can score early in his career. Um, I do think it's going to take him playing in the right franchise. Like I could see him just flourishing. Like if the Spurs tanked this year, which I wish would have happened, like he would have been amazing to play with Greg Popovich, with DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray, the young guys that they have. Like I would have loved that. So I do think there's something there where he's got to play with the right, in the right organization for the right coach. Um, But I'm a huge Hachimura fan. I I think he ends up being the Naismith Player of the Year. Like, okay, so one one thing when I'm trying to evaluate Rui is kind of like the Joel Embiid thing where he hasn't been playing very long. So you can kind of see when, you know, he's from Japan, black Japanese, stand up. Uh, that um, Where, you know, like there's a big language barrier with Japan. I don't know. I, I don't know how well Rui speaks English, but just the whole thing where, you know, like you can see him not understanding defensive concepts. I mean, he's not, he's not, um, you know, coming in from he, he's not, you know, he he's been playing soccer his whole life, or he's been playing whatever. I don't know, you know, he's one of those guys who I don't know. I I'm I'm not positive on that, but it's I think just he played a, baseball. I feel like he he was a baseball player growing up. Yeah, like uh, a pitcher, like. Like a yeah. Johnson throwing <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, or, you know, no, my, my thing is this is a dude who hasn't been playing that long and he's already hit this level. Right. Like, just wait until um, he gets with guys. I mean, think think of some of these guys who have worked with elite skills mm-hmm. trainers for years and years and years. Like, right. <laughs> Put him in that situation and let's see what happens. Right, and and I mean you're seeing his natural ability to to just get buckets at an incredible incredible rate. Like I see people point out his assist percentage as I'm like well, I don't want assist percentage shit from Rui Hachimura. I want him to get buckets. Like <laughs> I don't need Rui. Pot- and in fact, please don't pass the ball, Rui. Like ever, <laughs> maybe. You know, just get it and go get a bucket. So we had a tie, number two. Um, I'll let John. Uh, well, I'm gonna flip a coin actually. We had a tie. Heads or tails? Heads or tails? Tails. tails. Uh, heads. I win. Killian Tilly. Um, Killian Tilly is the number two via scientific coin flip. Uh, and so Brandon Clark was John's number two. He was my number three. So let's debate, John. Why is Brandon Clark better than Killian Tilly when all the boards, including mine, have him better than him? Yeah, I just don't see... I, I see Killian Tilly as a end-of-the-first-round draft pick. I think he's a guy who's going to struggle in the NBA. It's just my personal opinion. I I think the one thing he can do is he can stretch a little bit, um, and he'll be able to stretch defenses um, You know, with, with his ability to shoot the three um but i don't love him in the nba i just i watched the film and i don't see that high high level lottery pick 
uh, type talent, nor do I see that athleticism. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I just can't see him in that position. Brandon Clark, in my estimation, is a guy. If you don't know, he played on one of the in one of the worst programs in Division One basketball at San Jose State, and he was still first team All Mountain West and first team All Defensive Team. I think he was and Defensive Player of the Year, Mountain West. Defensive he may player. have been even Defensive Player West, of the Year. And, he was. I, I'm pretty sure. West double check that. So you know, in my opinion, Brandon Clark has a high ceiling, not only with his ability to go rebound the basketball. Um, I think he was among the league leaders in rebounding. I'm not sure what that was, but he finished top three in scoring, rebounding, and block shots, playing for a horrible team. Mm-hmm. Um, not many terrible teams get first team all conference players on him. You generally have to win some games for you to be a first team guy. Um, and for me, Brandon Clark has the upside. Now he's smaller. He's six eight. He's not six ten. Right. Um, but I think he'll actually measure measure pretty well. And I I, I think he's a special special guy. He was six man of the year as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever he was, uh, you know, besides Owl Mountain West and all defensive, uh, I just think he's he's going to be scary good for Mark Few. Like that's the thing that I don't I don't yeah. think. Is so, he got to redshirt last year, play against Jonathan Williams yeah. and Melson and Rui and Killian Tilly, and now he's coming in and I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's an all American type guy this year. So this is the thing, uh Wes, did you get the Brandon Clark? Was he the big Mountain West player of the our defensive player of the year? Yay, nay, maybe so. Alright, well I think he was, but He was uh he was all defensive team. He didn't oh, okay. make defensive player of the year. Oh, somebody lied to me on my podcast, or I'm just stupid. Probably the latter. Um, uh, so this is my thing. Um, Brandon Clark's jump shot. Uh, it's been I heard all kinds of crazy things about it, but I actually never saw him take a jump shot until right before the show where I watched it, and I realized he is stepping right into the Jonathan Williams role, right? Like that's what he's doing. They're gonna. John, is that? Do you think that's the case? Like he's Jonathan Williams this year, Jonathan Williams. Like, like I I I actually, it's it's scary to say this. I actually think think that he may be a better version of Jonathan Williams. Right. Um, Well, I'm just looking at him at like the free throw line. Like you know, they they both have like disgusting looking shots. You yeah, know, and but that's not what they're there. Like Brandon Clark's going to go on the block, or he's going to like ISO somebody at the elbow. Like they're not that. Like like every time last year I saw Jonathan Williams take a three or go to the foul line, I'm like, oh no, don't do it. Like yeah. you know, so like and I and and one of the things that like you know Jonathan Williams didn't get drafted last year. I thought he was probably pretty close. To get in drafted, but um, I think and I had him right outside of. 16. He's getting minutes for the Lakers yeah. with some of their injuries, so yeah. good for him. Yeah, but I think Brandon Clark has a higher, I mean, higher basketball IQ, especially defensively. So you know, uh, limited offensively. Killian Tilly, I like as a passer, and I, I'm like you, I like him like a little bit better than you. I'd probably say high twenties if you put a gun to my head right now, maybe maybe late teens. Um, he's been moving down a little bit for me just because there's a couple other guys that are making 
better cases. But I really like the ability of Tilly to play the five, shoot it, and pass, and he's not a liability defensively. That's kind of my thing, and I think you maybe take a chance on him. He's he's also really competitive. Both of these guys are very competitive, which is something you worry about with Hachimura maybe a little bit. I don't know. I, I, the thing about Tilly, in my opinion, is I don't think he's a great rebounder. No. I don't even know what his numbers are, but no. I, I don't think he's a great rebounder, and I think a lot of that has to do with I think he lacks a lot of athleticism. Yeah. I and and you know when you can shoot the three and you can you can chase guy you can make guys chase you to the perimeter that's one thing, but if you can't rebound at his size, we're not talking about a seven footer. You know, we're talking about a guy who's six ten, mm-hmm. um, and he and if you can't rebound at that mm-hmm. at that uh, size. You know, I question your ability to get up and down the floor. I question your ability to guard and pick and rolls in the NBA. Um, and so that's kind of where I go with him. Yeah. You know, like uh, the Collins kid at at uh, who's with the Trailblazers now, yeah. who played for. Yeah. He played for he played on times the... more than I do Killian Tilly. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, Killian Tilly. Is way a poor man, Zach Collins. Like, the only th- and and but Zach Collins is really ter- He's really having a breakthrough year this year, actually, which is one of the reasons why P- Portland's off to a good start. All right, um, Simeon stand up. Zach Norvell ended up being number four. I think he was my number six, but I had a wrinkle set in there. Um, Zach Norvell. Um, he's just to me. I had him at sixth. My number four guy was Corey Kispert, actually, which we'll get to six guys, and that's it. Corey Kispert ended up at six, so I bet you guys can guess who's number five. Is it Geno Crandall? We don't know. Anyways, um, Norvell, it just doesn't look to me when I look at him like that's an NBA player. I know he's a super hard, gritty guy. I don't think he plays like I think for him to be able to pop at the NBA level at least. I think he'll have a good career in Europe. I think this goes for the next three guys basically. Um is like he his offensive game and his defensive game are pretty much average. He's not a horrible defender. He actually gets, you know, he probably draws the toughest perimeter assignment they have. Maybe, I don't know. You know, it, I guess it kind of depends, but um, you know, he, he's not a knockdown shooter. He's not like some super athlete. He's a crafty kind of guy that kind of gets in the lane and he does little things right, which can help a team. I don't, I'm not saying he can never play in the NBA. He's still got two years to develop for that too. I think it was a really good thing to redshirt Zach Norvell his first year with all the talent they had. It was good for him to get in there and practice against those guys, you know, on a on a national runner up backcourt that he could that he could practice against. But um yeah. Um what what's your Zach Norvell? Do you think fringe NBA or do you think lower, maybe European? I mean the good part about him is we're talking about a redshirt sophomore, right? Yeah. So it's a guy who averaged twelve a game. I actually think he can really shoot it. I think his numbers don't necessarily um, equate to him the type of shooter he is. I I think you're going to see a guy who I mean he hit 77 threes last year. 
I think that you're going to see a guy who shoots plus 40% from three this year in a more expanded role with more um, ability to to have plays run through him or or for him. Um, I also... Less attention paid to him also. Less attention paid to him. I mean, mean, they're going to be packed. I go back to, um, you know, when when he was playing in Vegas, I was actually at this game when he had 14 threes with 11 of them in the first half yeah. in Vegas when he was before his senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the dude's got a stroke. Yeah. Uh, and and I what, I what I'll need to see is maturity and continued progression of his guard skills and his ability to play. Mm-hmm. You can't play in the NBA at 6'5 if you can't play in a pick and roll. Right. Okay, so what he's able to do as a guard is really going to be the next level for me. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, um, yeah. His, it, I don't know. I'm gonna have to take a different look at his stroke. Somebody who stroke I do like Corey Kispert. I'm gonna get his shout out in. The last guy um, I had Corey Kispert fourth. He has a wonderful stroke. Oh god, I wish I could shoot like that. Anyways, um, Josh Perkins. Um, the real key to me as far as Gonzaga's cons- uh, team success goes is Josh Perkins. Um, Sure. As a as a prospect, um, he would have to kind of have a first team All American type year, yeah. and and he becomes Frank Mason, or he becomes you know, um, and also it's really important with a lot of guys that are not really great defenders. Uh, Mark Few, you know, like especially like he he doesn't have a lot of rim protection behind him. It's going to be important for him to uh, you know attack the point of. The, the point of the ball you know on ball defense you know attack the attack the point what do they call it? what 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 fucking words am i looking for i, I don't even know what you're fan. saying a point of attack defense jesus christ uh yeah pick him up at half court josh perkins show him you like to play defense because you don't really get enough buckets so well uh, the thing with Josh Perkins for me is he's not a great athlete. Um, he plays really up and down. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. I don't think he plays low enough. I don't think he has great speed uh, by guys. I, I, I don't think he has enough shake to him. Yeah. Um, I think he's a good overseas European pro at a high level. Um, but to play in the NBA, I just right. don't see it. Like you know, and, and he actually shoots the ball better. I was looking just statistically at him. He actually shoots the ball better than I thought he did. Yeah. Um, he's really his, good his off the stats, dribble. You know, he's run what Mark Fuse wanted him to do mm-hmm. for the last couple of years, and he's done what he's supposed to with some really good players playing for him. But, you know, to me, like, I think he's kind of maxed out who he is. I think he's a 12-point-per-game guy. I think he's five to seven assists. I think right. he'll hit, you know, a couple of threes every game. He'll get to the line. He'll shoot at a good clip. But he's an okay defender. He's not a great athlete, and I just don't think he goes by guys really, really well. We're going to see him in a ton of pick and rolls, um, which you know I think that'll help his uh, per game assist numbers. But uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens. But I think he's a good, solid overseas guy who um, does a good job of of playing. And you know he'll play five, six years over there, and he'll probably come back. Maybe he'll play for in a G League. Something yeah. like that. I just don't think he's an NBA guy. Two two things real quick on Josh Perkins. Um, a you the 
this is a perfect situation where you'll find out exactly what he is because he's got all the things around him that he needs. Um, and another thing is the way he can pull up off the dribble like that and pick and roll. Um, if he shoots the ball well, if he can shoot 40% from three, then you might have something, like I said, you know, like I didn't see Frank Mason popping out of nowhere for two years, but also he's had three. So, you know, yeah. So that's our Gonzaga preview. We left out, uh, who's my man? The, uh, Felipe, uh, this is the freshman big man that plays that. Pestro, Pestro. Yeah. And Gino Crandall, man. Fucking touring the globe, man. Let's 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 put this let's put this thing on wax, man. Come on, black draft. Ah, no. Ah, it made me skip the ad. Anyways, beat's been dropped, kids. Black draft, damn it. John Puglisi. Bad John Puglisi. Give me a follow on Twitter. Wait, you we only have like three D-Bock? swears today. Nationwide West, three swears from our boy Dougie. Wow. That's okay. It's an improvement. That's fucking bullshit. That's all we can ask, right? That's still an improvement. You got a grace period, even. Five. At Lockdraft. At Lockdraft Dougie, if you want to send me pictures of your boobies. Um... In the DM that box. Count six, Wes. <laughs> family show. At Nat West. Follow back. Well, I don't want him sending them to my 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 official website account, but I got groupies too. Slip into the DMs. Yeah, I'm also an Instagram too model. <laughs> I like that Dougie. Oh, please You know what I like to see? Uh goodbye. Oh, do I sound like, uh, what's Tim Meadows, the ladies' man? Yeah. Lockdraft, damn it!